What's your favorite scary movie? Time, the podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. Everyone, welcome to our 50th episode. Yeah. Real quick, but before we get into anything, I should just say, not that this is like a huge platform or anything, but I feel like any platform is obligated to say that uh, Black Lives Fucking Matter now yes. and forever and anyways but <laughs> you can timestamp what when this is being recorded but so yeah it's our 50th episode and we wanted to do something special kind of like we did with our 25th and l had the idea of doing um an original and a remake of something and we yes. we spurted out a lot of ideas and i threw into the hat fright night uh because yes. i didn't want to just dunk holy on a remake and be like that sucked didn't it uh, like I wanted to do something where both of them were at least watchable. Uh, and, yeah. And L, you hadn't seen either, right? I had not seen either. No. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. The, <laughs> so for 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 me, the original Fright Night is something I grew up on, and it was something my whole family loved. I don't. I, don't, I know it's hard to imagine like a whole family just getting together to watch Fright Night, but it was something we all loved. And then when the <laughs> remake came out, we were we were there like. We saw it in fucking 3D, you know, like, it was like a family God. bonding experience. So. <clears throat> so, getting into it, so the, the, we'll start talking about the original first. So the original Fright Night was made in 1985, it was written and directed by Tom Holland, not the Spider-Man Tom Holland, but the <laughs> other Tom Holland, who, this was his directorial debut, he had, he had, um, come up, like, writing things for horror, but this was his directorial debut, he really wanted to direct his own script, and this was, like, his brainchild and everything, of doing like kind of like a modern rear window and something that also was an ode to like the stuff that he grew up on and was a fan of as a kid, you know, like the vampire movies and like fifties horror, and that's where like where the whole Peter Vincent character comes in, which we'll get into. But so the story of Fright Night is about this kid Charlie Brewster who is the the single most annoying protagonist in any movie. <laughs> um, and he lives in this suburb with his with his single mom, and this this guy, played by Chris Sarandon, Jerry, uh, moves into the house next door, and he notices some suspicious behavior about him, and thinks that he's a vampire, and of course no one believes him. Yeah. Um, and, and it turns out he is a vampire. Like that's not a spoiler. I think like this man is very clearly a vampire from the get go. <laughs> and it's about him and his friends, you know, trying to infiltrate this vampire's house since no one believes them. Um, uh, what what were your first thoughts about it? Like, this is your first... I just threw you into all of this. So, like, do you have any f- general thoughts? I think we can all agree that Chris ran. <laughs> yeah! Thanks for stealing sweat. my words. <laughs> <laughs> I texted L that, like, this phrase. I was like, I think we can all agree that Chris ran. And then, then that was their letterbox review. And I was like, okay! <laughs> but yeah, he's gorgeous in this. He's so... He's so beautiful and charismatic, and that sweater he wears in the club is iconic. <laughs> yes. You with the gross long fingernails, like, that are, like, yes. retractable. 
But anything else you have to say other than Chris? <laughs> um, I real I really liked how they did the story, um, especially because Tom Holland was very. Uh, he wanted to do the story because he was not very happy with how the last time he had written a story how it had turned out because he yeah. wasn't in the complete control of it. Um, so I think that that he really wanted to do a good... I think he did a really good job with this. Yeah! Uh, and I just I love the slow, like, build-up of it all, really. Yeah. In this film. Like, one shit starts happening. You're like, woof. But, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> what I, I think what always drew me to it was, you know, I'm always a big fan of horror comedy, and while I wouldn't consider this straight-up a horror comedy, there's so many comedic elements to it, and it's just, it's really fun throughout. And, uh... And because it kind of... It's weird to think of, like, a movie in the 80s that's that's based on nostalgia, because nowadays, all of our nostalgia is in the 80s. Yes. But, but this one, I think, is kind of, like, is, like, an ode to the, like, that's, so Peter Vincent, as I mentioned before, is played by Roddy McDowell, and he actually wrote the, he, Tom Holland wrote the role with, with Vincent Price in Nine, so, like, that's where he was coming from, but, like, this idea, but, like, he's also an ode to, like, like the TV horror hosts of that mm-hmm. era, like Vampira, and like I don't, I don't know if they had anyone specific. Like it was kind of like a hybrid that Roddy McDowell considered. He was like, no, I wasn't as cool as Vincent Price. Like that's that's yeah. not who he's supposed to be. He's like on local television, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we had something like that. The closest thing we have is what I, I've a lot mentioned on air. <laughs> that's a big yikes. But um. So yeah, that, that's kind of interesting to me. But, um, back to how Charlie Brewster's so fucking annoying. <laughs> yes. It's so funny because, like, he's right. He's right from the get-go that that's a vampire, but the way he goes about it is so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, he calls the cops right away, which, first of all, fuck cops. But he calls the cops right away. <laughs> and he's just like, oh yeah, that's where they brought in the cop. And no, he's a vampire, like, obviously. And he has, like, no evidence. And so, of course, they just laugh at him. And they're like, okay, yeah. anyways. And... And it, it helps that Jerry the vampire has a living carpenter named Billy to, to take care of everything during the daytime since he is a vampire and he's asleep. But <laughs> I I love how the, the mom knows right away what that means. She's like, he has, oh, he has a living carpenter. Okay. <laughs> he's probably gay. He's gay. <laughs> yeah, Charlie's super annoying. He's terrible. Like, the... Okay, this is one of those... Since we're not doing the the general three-part structure, can we just talk about, like, the queer elements of this movie right away? Absolutely, yes. Because, like, I don't... Because I don't buy the relationship with him and Amy, like, at all. Like, for many reasons. Like, neither of them actually seem interested in having sex. (laughs) And then the, the... there's so... I would say that there's queer coding in so many characters in this. And what's fascinating is... So, I... Um, I haven't listened to it in a while, so I hope I don't accidentally steal anything from when Attack of the Queer Wolf did this, but the main thing that I learned from this was that three of the actors in this were gay in real life. And I was like, wait, what? Because you got, you got, um, Stephen Jeffries who plays Evil Ed, who you could see is, like, queer-coded as, like, the bullied outsider kid. Mm -hmm. And, then that's, and, like, Jerry basically recruits him, um... At like zeroing in on his loneliness and his outsiderness and like bringing him in like pred- and predatory behavior, yeah. Um, 
Amanda, Amanda Beers, who played Amy, was a, was a les, or is, she's not done. And then Roddy McDowell was gay. Like, I didn't know any of this. And so when oh. they said all that, I was like, holy shit, like, that just brings so many new elements to this, to what I already thought. Because, like, when I watched this growing up, I at least knew, I'm like, so, so Jerry and Billy are, like, definitely fucking right. Like, <laughs> first things yes. first, Jerry's a bicon. But, like, doesn't it make even more sense if also, like, Amy, like, has no interest in Charlie and, like, why else would you be dating, like, this... He's so fucking boring and annoying. Yeah. (laughs) She's a terrible boyfriend. Yeah. And, like, I get that your neighbor's a vampire, but you need to communicate that because all she sees is just that you have no interest in her. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. He's so annoying. (laughs) Now, Evil Ed, though, I... I always thought he was really fun, even as a kid. He's so... (laughs) (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster. Uh, (laughs) I also love the, uh, like, the design of the vampires in this. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, once they, like, transform... They they do little things at first. You know, Jerry has, like, the gross fingernails and stuff. Yeah. But once they go full vamp, it it it, turns... like, their mouths get bigger, and there's this teeth, and it's, like, all practical effects, and I, I forgot that, like, there's full transformations of, like, you know, Jerry turns into a bat, and evil Ed turns into, like, a werewolf kind of thing, like, a wolf yeah. thing, like, it's digging into that vampire lore of it's not just them turning into bats or anything. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I've been talking a lot. No, you're good. <laughs> I'm just going down no. my list here. Oh, yeah, the, the teeth that they made for that um, was supposed to only be for, like, a little short shot because they didn't have much of a budget by the time they got to that. Right. And so, but then they just ended up using, like, that's on the poster for the film, and, like, it's they're pre- <laughs> oh, yeah. pretty memorable. It's and great. Cause, it's crazy. Cause it's not just straight up the canines. It's, like, the full, like, teeth are just coming out, like, like a shark's almost, like, not yeah, eating road yeah, yeah. and poking out everywhere. And all that. I love that. I love that. I'm all about anything that makes vampires more, like, monster-like, I guess, in their transformation and not just, like, just still looking human, I guess. Not just, just, like, I have fangs. Yeah, really. Like, make them more grotesque. Like, come on. Make them... Let's, let's go. Let's do that. I, I love that. <laughs> let's make vampires fucking gross. Let's do it! Yeah, like, I I, I loved, um... I loved Ed in... In the 1985 version. You mean uh, specifically the 1985? Specifically the 1985 version. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, the the whole... I, I love that Tom Holland was like... I didn't originally like mean for uh, Ed to get the whole uh, queer coding of being like the gay bullied kid. Mm-hmm. But he definitely did intend the uh, Billy and Jerry being like... All the, the, the subtle uh, homoeroticism. Subtle, uh, like, that's on okay. Su- subtle, with air quotes. That's, you know the stairs always gets me. We're just like laying on his shoulders and behind. I'm like, oh my god, y'all get him. I'm like, is this, but, is um, this scream? Hello? <laughs> but that is interesting that he didn't consider that with Ed. Like, I'm a special... I'm specifically thinking about the scene where Jerry turns him and, like, convinces him. To, it's, it's, like, weirdly... And this is obviously, gr- he's a teenager, this is gross, but I mean, it's because it is very predatory, but it's also weirdly, like, sensual the way that he gathers him in. The way that yeah. he, like, 
gathers his trust by like pretending to relate to him and his otherness and then he like literally draws him in under his like whatever the fuck he's wearing his jacket or whatever his giant ass coat his giant ass coat how many okay how many wardrobe changes does jerry do in this film <laughs> like one of these days i need to just tally how many times that man changes outfits like <laughs> gotta he's do it an entirely different outfit even when he goes into that club and has the famous sweater at least it's famous oh. to me <laughs> the sweater <laughs> sweaters in the club um <laughs> There, there, there was, God, I, I don't know where I would find it, but there was just a tweet that was, like, it was Chris Sarandon wearing that, and then, like, I think it was um, Michael Douglas in Fatal Attraction also wearing a sweater in a club, and the tweet was just, sweaters in the club! Sweaters <laughs> <laughs> in the club. God. Please. So, so, speaking of the club scene, also very er- weirdly erotic, because he is, again, dancing with a teenager. And then, yeah. <laughs> um... Well, well, we'll unpack that in a second, but yeah. <laughs> I wanted to point out that, because I, I had just rewatched Horror Noir before watching this, and yes. one thing that they had pointed out was, like, one of the, like, tropes of, like, the, the different tropes and reasons of killing off black people in horror movies, and this movie barely has any. There's the, de- the, the detective that barely shows up, and then but then there's, like, the two bouncers that Jerry kills, and they had pointed out in Horror Noir that, like, one of the reasons for black people to show up in horror movies is to show how strong the monster is. It's like, oh, he just took down these two large black men or whatever. I'm like, the problematic oh, nature of that. And so, yeah. like, that, like, that immediately snapped into my mind when I saw it. I was like, oh, shit, you know, like, shit. It's like, maybe create more space for, 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 for black characters. But, um, so anyways, back to the creepiness of Jerry flirting with all these teenagers. Um... The, so I guess yeah. it, was, it was Chris Sarandon, it was apparently Chris Sarandon's idea to have Amy look like his long-lost love or whatever, and that, that I noticed is a trope in vampire movies a lot, because I had just watched Blackula for the first time, and that also, he's, like, um, pursuing this woman that looks like his long-lost love, and then later you see it in, like, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and I guess this is just a thing yeah. that vampires go through, where, like, somehow miraculously a, a woman looks like his long-lost love. yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they, uh, Tom Holland mentioned that he wanted that, uh, that painting to be seen and to have her mm-hmm. kind of look like her, to kind of give him some kind of humanity, like, that he was, like, attached to, like, somebody enough right. that he he kept a painting of her around. Um, but, you know, yeah, that, 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 that is a trope that does pop oh. off quite a doesn't it? Oh yeah, they're definitely at, they give Jerry a lot of depth. He's a fascinating and very fun character, and Chris is having a great time with it, you can tell. Please. Like, it's it's fascinating to think of, like, what you first, like, um, associate Chris or Anna with, because, like, it could, it's usually, like, this or, like, Prince Humperdinck. Yeah. Or if you're a geek-ass anime like Jack Skellington freak, you're like, I asked Jack Skellington. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but looks wise. <laughs> it's usually one of those two. Um, <laughs> Fright Night, <laughs> Princess Bride, double feature for right? Chris and, and then he worked with, I keep forgetting he worked with Tom Holland later in Child's Play. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I never, I never, I never, like, I, like, I acknowledge that he was, like, nice looking, I guess, but I never was just like, <laughs> That part in the club where he appeared with the sweater, I was like, you stupid bitch. You were like, this guy's not working anything in me. Yeah. I was like, go to jail. 
God, it's okay. Like I said, literally everyone, even my dark ass, understands. Like, you're fine. You're fine. So. I thought, it's like 1985 uh, for Sarandon. You may hit me up anytime. Oh, my God. The, I don't know if you know BJ Colangelo, uh, she's like a person in the horror community, but she like once said that, um, compared Dan Stevens in The Guest to, to Jerry in Fright Night, and I was like, holy shit, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, we gotta do The Guest one of these days, too. I fucking love The uh, Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, so speaking of Chris Sarandon, he has a cameo in... The Friday Night Remake. That yes. was my big segue. So, um, so this, what was it, 2011? Yes. Okay. So, it's weird, because I I even watched this, like, last year, and I, I obviously saw it in theaters, but I always remember it being, like, it's like, that's pretty solid. Like, people are people are ragging on this a lot, and, like, for some reason watching it this time, I was, like, found, like, a lot more flaws with it, or just, like, Maybe after, just directly after watching the original, I saw, like, there were so many elements in that or aspects of it that felt missing in this to me or that I thought were done better. Um, I do think it was clever from the get-go to, like, put the setting in Vegas and, like, have that just that is, like, an excuse as to why a... How a vampire can hide out in plain sight being in Vegas where everyone, yeah. you know, works at night, sleeps at day in a, in a sec- segregated suburb away from everything else. Yeah. Um, love Colin Farrell. We obviously, <laughs> when he was cast, I remember like, oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. he is, he's very good at, like, the charismatic part and everything, but I almost wish they had let him be campier. Like, this yeah. kind of, la- this really lacks... Like, they, they found humor in this, but it lacks kind of the camp aspects of the original. Maybe that was that was just, like, an 80s thing or something. But you understand what I mean, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, for example, Ed in this, you want to get into that? You, say, you seemed to have an opinion on that. <laughs> like, it felt like they reduced his role a lot in this one. They did, yeah. And they didn't really, like... He's kind of, He's kind of there at the beginning, and then he just disappears until, like... Three fourths in the movie, and yeah. it's like I, I just I didn't really feel like any kind of like anything for his character, unlike the one from nineteen eighty five. Like, yeah, and he's he's in it less because they've added an element of he and Charlie like aren't friends anymore because Charlie's trying to be cool, and so that. But then there's no real like resolution or anything. Like he doesn't really seem to feel any remorse once the friend that he's neglected is turned into a vampire or anything. Like it just kind of like. He just kind of becomes an underling and, like, immediately gets his arm. Do you know what? Yeah, I see what you yeah. mean. He has less of a role. He's also just less interesting. Like, they were just like, we gotta get McLovin! We gotta get- <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, this time around, the whole thing of, like, uh, Charlie, like, Charlie, like, not being friends with him anymore and, like, not wanting to be, like, this geek anymore because of his girlfriend who didn't seem to- to care about any of that. Like, it was, yeah. it was so he could be friends with, like, Dave Franco. Like, who cares? But also, okay, going back to this, once again, I do not understand why Charlie and Amy are a couple. I do not see 
what he brings to the table for her at all or why she would be interested in this person because god bless anton yelchin and i love him but charlie is also super fucking annoying in this yeah. and is so like just like bland and is like shitty to her like he's he's <laughs> that scene where they're like going to dinner he's like why do you need dinner i just bought you a giant smoothie god and i'm just like why are you treating your girlfriend like this she <laughs> Let her drink her smoothie and Let take her, her to dinner, you I'll ass. Buy, I bought my girlfriend eight smoothies if she wants it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> she may do what she wants and if but yeah, go in. Yeah, like Imogene Poots, though, is uh, a presence. I love her. She's great in this. And then She's good. Yeah, and then the, I, it's weird. I feel like even though they, this movie is almost like more misogynist than the original. Like, uh, like Am I crazy? Like, no, all like... That... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No. I like that they let her fight back yeah. a bit in front of the other things, but, like, aside from that, I'm not... It kind well, of... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let, let me explain, because... Yeah. Because in the original, it's all about, like, the, di the like, the quote-unquote conflict with Amy and Charlie is that he wants to have sex and she doesn't. And I think they thought they were being progressive and having it be the opposite. Of, oh, she's this cool girl that, that's, that's, that's slept around and wants to have sex with him and he's a virgin. But, like, and that's fine, but the, everyone in the fucking movie is calling her, like, a slut and a skank and stuff. And it's just like, what is this adding to a yeah. modernization of this movie? Um, I love, I do love Tony Collette in this, though. I mean, I love Tony Collette, period. <laughs> she's really fun I love how she like flirts with Jerry but then is like no I'm not doing that he's gonna be a heartbreaker <laughs> she, she knows that she, she's clocked him he's like has a playboy right there exactly she's got and she number. also like but she also like even though she doesn't truly believe Charlie she's still like on his side mm -hmm. before she's like okay you know like when Jerry's trying to to come in um there's definitely a loss of uh this Again, so you made a- you remake a movie from the 80s, you make it more misogynist and less gay somehow. Like, yeah. I, I don't know how you can accomplish both of those things, but- because there's no Billy in this, for those listening at home. There's no Livin' Carpenter. It's just Colin yeah. Farrell watching reality shows and eating an apple. <laughs> oh! Another dumb thing! <laughs> the- another- you can only care about a female character in this, in this case, the woman that's, uh- Going over to Jerry's house. Oh, she, yeah, the the go-go dancer. Yeah, like first of all, again, slut shaming because of yes. her job. But also, like Charlie can only care about this person being murdered because she like lives down the street from him and used to babysit him. Like I don't know. Like it's just, are these the only way that you can care about women? It just I don't know. Yeah. It rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. Oh, also the way David Tennant's uh, girlfriend in this is handled is this like comedic, is it like nagging girlfriend? I was. <laughs> None of these men deserve the women they're with. <laughs> even though, yeah, okay. Oh, we haven't even talked about David Tennant. Mr. David Tennant. David, okay. So, the, I guess the eye candy in this is David Tennant in leather pants, yeah. if I'm correct. If correct and, me if and, I'm wrong. And eyeliner. I'm a yeah. bad person to be talking about that, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's big Crowley energy. Like, I feel like it's just the preparation. <laughs> He went on set for Good Omens. He's like, I just got to channel what I used for Peter Pinsent a little bit there. Yeah. That <laughs> the slut walk. <laughs> yeah, David Tennant as Peter Vincent is probably the strongest, like, change 
to the original and like change that worked and makes sense and like what this movie has going for it is that they made him like this Chris Angel mind freak type because that would be a contemporary version of what you would see as like a horror icon on TV and the fact that they live in Vegas mm-hmm. and it and I did think it's cool that like he actually does know what he's talking about and has all these like collections and lore and like knows his shit but he's just like living his life doing Vegas shows, you know, and, like, <laughs> doesn't take things seriously until Charlie comes to him for help. And he's, he's great. I, we love doing something in this house. <laughs> I like that scene where he, like, uh, where uh, Ed shows up and he's got, like, the, the crucifixion nail and he looks like he's about to actually do something and then yes! he runs into the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's big, like, he almost goes into, like, like, the doctor energy when he has that, that nail and then yeah. <laughs> goes into a family ah! room. Like, that's fun. That's funny. I, I love that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I, I know I ragged on this a lot, and like it's still no, a it's fun fine. time. It's still a fun time, but this time I was just like, how did I never notice how fucking misogynist this movie is? What's going on? I think I was wooed by the 3D. <laughs> I'm glad that they did take out the element of uh, what in the 1985 version because there was that like sensual kind of vibe going back every time that uh jerry interacted with one of them like ed and then he interacted with amy on the dance floor yeah yeah because i was just like she's a teenager you go away you didn't sense that in this one he's still fucking weird about amy i thought he was just being really fucking creepy i didn't didn't (laughs) feel like any kind of like okay felt creepy but like it wasn't like less sensual more just straight up creepy yeah okay i get that Yeah, yeah yeah Definitely creepy. <laughs> get away from her. Get, get a job. <laughs> Leave her alone. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's always fun to watch a movie that was made to be released in 3D, but that just at home. Like anytime something is thrown at the at the yeah, camera. Yeah. I, like, I forgot <laughs> that it was supposed to be released in 3D. I'm like, what the fuck is this shot? <laughs> What's the point of that? All right. Okay. <laughs> I think the part at the end where just growls directly at this camera. <laughs> just just be like, ooh. Um, also, of course, bummed that they do CGI for the vampire effects instead of makeup, especially ooh. because the makeup in the original is so bomb, and then this, it just looks stupid. Like, it's only nine years old, and it's already aged horribly. Like, that's what you get mm. when you do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down that Jerry is pro cop. <laughs> <laughs> Boo! Oh. Like, <laughs> God. Anyways, you know, you know how it is sometimes. <laughs> Were there any elements of this that you did like of the new one besides, like, David Tennant or anything? Um, I feel like I liked that, uh, that Charlie's mom, Tony Collette, uh, her Mm -hmm. character was a little more involved in this time than, like, what was going on in the 85 version. Um, and, uh, it also felt like Amy, like, even though she does get called a lot of names and stuff like that she did have a bit more to do than in the original because like in the original mm-hmm. she just kind of gets seduced and that, that's it 
Uh, but in this well, one, she, she kind of... She at least is trying to help Charlie in the original. Yeah. Like, she and Ed are the ones that go to Peter Vincent for help, and, like, she, for some reason, cares about Charlie and wants to help <laughs> Interesting. Um, huh. Yeah. And, and she's, like, in, in the fight more. Yeah. And that that's always fun. Um, I did like, I did like, yeah, like you mentioned, the location aspect to give a... Yeah! To give a reason for why... A vampire would be, like, somebody would have blackout windows and stuff, and it makes sense in, like, a giant mm-hmm. city like Las Vegas, where a lot of everything happens at night. Um, baby Anton Yelchin, I miss him. I know. Uh, <laughs> I miss him so much. Um, I liked, I liked him as Charlie, even though Charlie is annoying, I think, I just, <laughs> I liked his casting, so. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't really know much else, though, um, though I do like the fact that, uh, Jerry went into the backyard and just started straight up dating the shit out of the backyard. <laughs> the shovel, and then I yanked the gas line up, and I was like, I would never have thought of that to just burn the house down and be like, can't come in? Alright. Yeah, it is fun that in both of these, like, they acknowledge pre-existing vampire lore and, like, the rules of everything. It's like, oh, well, I can't, I can enter your house if there's no house. And stuff like that. <laughs> and, like, e- uh, Evil Ed knowing different, like, aspects of lore that he's teaching to Charlie. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know if previous vampire movies before Friday Night, like, acknowledged that in a kind of meta way of like, oh, there's this lore from movies and from books. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I could be totally wrong, but <laughs> I I don't know either, so it's okay. Um, and then in Twilight we have Bella googling vampires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it is also I guess important to point out that this came out, the remake came out during, like, Twilight Fever, so this was fresh off of them trying to, like, respond to that, I think, in a different way. It's very different from Twilight, I'm not saying, but, like... No, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I almost forgot to mention, um, what I really missed a lot out of the remake that happened in the original was, like, the slow build-up, because it just immediately just, like, kind of, like, plonked you right in with, like, uh, Evil Ed being like, oh, he's a vampire, and yeah. immediately. I was so surprised like, at how fucking soon he got killed. I was like, wait, why? <laughs> it's like, oh, alright, okay. I like the slow buildup. Like, yeah. it's it's fun, and then yeah. it makes it so it, much better. And it all, Especially because it, it means more to, like, set up these establishments of why no one would be suspicious of Jerry when yeah. right away there's evidence against him. And right away, and even more so when he, like, Starts straight up just attacking Charlie and his family in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just takes its time more, the original. Sorry, the original. Because, like, the only evidence that you have so far when he starts talking about, oh, this guy's a vampire, is that these students aren't, aren't at school. And, like, mm-hmm. you do have the opening scenes of, of Jerry attacking this family, but you don't know who the family is, so it's just, like... I don't, I don't know. It just It's just, like, just that being the only, like thing and then suddenly oh yeah he's a vampire i'm just yeah. like uh i don't i wasn't too crazy uh <laughs> about this it is, but this is yeah. so funny to me because when i originally picked fright night i did it because i thought it was a it was an example of where the remake's pretty good still and then I, when i was rewatching, it i was like oh wait never mind <laughs> take it back <laughs> i think it's still fun it is. It's fun. Like if I, yeah. The cast I is really to pop good. it in. Yeah, just for a good time. It, it's it's fun. I, 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 I could see, like, us like us and other people just, like, watching it and just, like, drinking yeah. or having it in the background. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. 
It has a great song at the end, too. It has this, like, acoustic cover of 99 Problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I heard that come on. I was like, oh, yeah. It's great. I can't believe this is the same director that did I, Tonya, like, in 2017. Yeah. And Lars like, and the Real Girl. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, man, at least, at least you didn't, like, it wasn't terrible. Like, it could have been a really bad horror movie. So, like, I give him oh. props for at least, like, making a, <laughs> making, making a fun, a like, competent, a fun time. fun, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen way worse horror movies than this. I'm not saying that. <laughs> so much worse. But I definitely say to, to check out the original, most oh, yeah. of all. It's a great time. <laughs> club sweater! <laughs> Sweater's in the club! <laughs> and I would say, I didn't get too much into it because, because Attack of the Quirrell did such a good fucking job, but they talk a lot about, like, considering the original Fright Night in the times of the AIDS crisis. That, like, mm -hmm. I, I'm not gonna talk about that better than Brian Fuller did, so, like, I would recommend checking that out. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Um, anything else you have to say, or do you want to wind down? Um, no, I don't think I have anything else, really. Uh, <laughs> just, it, they're both fun movies. Um, I had a good time watching both of them. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad we got to do them for the 50th episode, because... I've always wanted to see these, and now I can finally say, yes, I have seen Fright yeah, Night. Baby. The Welcome anyway. to Fright Night, for real. Real. I'm going to yes. keep putting that as a slogan in TKO until someone uses it for a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in every time. Please. Please do. God. So do you, uh, do you want to start out for the wind down? Sure. So I've been yeah. watching a lot, obviously, but the main thing is, uh, I've been watching a lot of Muppet content because that sometimes you just need to yes. calm down. Yes. <laughs> Using that Disney Plus account to my advantage. But I also started rewatching all the Fast and the Furious movies because this podcast I listen to has been doing that. And I'm like, man, I'm, I should, what, what's stopping me from doing that? I, I own yes. all of them. <laughs> yes. And if you want to talk about misogyny, yeah, go watch the Ooh. Fast and the Furious. Misogyny, homoeroticism? Plenty of that in the Fast and the Furious movie. So much. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Ooh. <laughs> also been trying to... I, I'm like, I need to do better and watch more movies by black filmmakers, and a lot of them have been made more available during this time. And, like, so... I rewatched Horror Noir, and I watched Blackula. I, um... I watched, um, this Cheryl Dunye movie called The Owls that was really weird. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it, it's like this murder conspiracy mockumentary but lesbians so it's very messy they're all just all, you, like oh <laughs> they don't know what to, i don't know how to describe it it was but um but i enjoy, i enjoyed it personally just as like i i love reunion i love cast reunions where it's like oh those two were in this or like isn't that interesting yeah because this is like all these people were involved in, like, the queer cinema movement of, like, the early 90s, and so you got Cheryl Dunye, and you got Gwyneth Turner, and you got... I forgot her name, but she was in, um, Go Fish with Gwyneth Turner, so you have, like, Water Watermelon Woman and Go Fish reunion, so I thought that was fun, at least. I was like, eh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it was it was interesting, at least. Like, and, and it's on, um... So, yeah, Cheryl Dunye, she's more well-known for the Watermelon Woman, um, which I really want to rewatch, but that that's, like on Amazon and Criterion Channel right now. But anyways, that's what I've been up to. 
Nice. Um, so I, I watched a fair amount of movies recently. Uh, I watched The Lodge. Oh, which, yeah. It, that's on... Hulu. Hulu, yeah, it's Hulu. I always forget which movies these are on Netflix or Hulu. Um, yay for Richard Armitage being in it. Yes. Um, and, uh, the boy from Midnight Special, uh, <laughs> and it is in there as well. I keep forgetting his name. It's like Jared something. J- yeah. J- Jaden or Jared. Oh, Jaden. Yeah. yeah, not Jared. Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about stage and, stage and, uh, film actor Jared Harris. Yeah, cl- of course. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get them Jared mixed on up a lot. <laughs> Um, and that one was alright, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm hearing mixed things about that. I guess just if you want to watch it for Richard Armitage, it's cool. Uh, Which I've done a lot of, so... <laughs> like, because the backstory of the whole thing is, like, partially revolves around the soon-to-be stepmom. Uh, her past involves in, like, a very, like, cultish church place. Mm. Like, that... Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was the one where the people uh, drank something and they ended up... Uh, like Heaven's Gate? Yeah, it was okay. he- it was like Heaven's Gate kind of thing, and she was like the only survivor. Um, and she was like a little girl or something. And so that's that's part of it. And I don't know, I, it could have been done better in my opinion, but that's just me. <laughs> um, and then I watched Book Smart by Olivia Wilde, and Olivia Wilde hey! should be allowed to only... Only she may make movies from now. Please. It was so fun. I had such a good time with it. And I'm just like... Had you not I seen loved... it yet? I had not seen it oh, yet, no. Oh, shit. Okay. So, I, well, yeah, I watched it. And I just loved seeing these girls just interacting on screen and just absolutely loving each other and being best friends and going through, you know, the final year of high... Like, the last day of high school and... Uh, getting, like, starting their lives outside of that mm-hmm. and the stuff that they go through. And especially having one of the leads uh, be uh, a lesbian. And it's yeah. not like... It's not like she's going, like, through, like, coming out or anything. Like, she's already out. Yeah. And it's just, you know... I was like, oh, it's so nice. Just to have her... <laughs> the discussion with the panda bear, I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> It's on Hulu, so I recommend watching that as well. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched uh, the original When a Stranger Calls because it was coming up on a movie channel, and I was like, I've always oh. wanted to see this because Carol Kane is in it. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, hell yeah, I'll record this and watch it later. And the the first 20 minutes are like, that is my nightmare right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the the middle is, I'm just kind of eh, about, but the at the end is I think it's pretty good. Uh, Carol Kane was great in it, obviously, um, but like, yeah, def- it, you could the I think the guy that directed it he had created the short story of like um, based off of the folklore of the man upstairs with the babysitter, right. um, and then he just wanted to expand it into a full film. Um, and I, I had a great, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. So. Uh, I hear the sequel's pretty fun, too. Um, I haven't seen see. either. But even, just, even, like, I would always, I always just knew about that lore and about the movie. And when I would babysit as a teenager, I would be freaked out all the time when the children were asleep. 
Never Y'all did? ever babysit. <laughs> ever. No, I, I, I would never babysit after hearing about that ever again. Uh, <laughs> I can't babysit anyways. I'm not great with children, unfortunately. <laughs> that didn't <laughs> stop <other>. me. <laughs> um, but other than that, I have not been up to too much else. Uh, unfortunately, I did uh, get released from my position be- at my job uh, mm-hmm. because of COVID. Um, but... That's okay. Uh, I don't have to worry about much because I live with my parents still, so I'm I'm thankful for that at least. Um, so I'm just just doing job searches at this moment and just getting through it. Uh, I started a new book because I just couldn't I couldn't read Dune by Frank Herbert. Like I just couldn't do it. I tried to get into the story, but I just the protagonist sucks, man. I, I, like I can't attach. <laughs> I can't attach. To anybody, and and life's too short to try to force yourself to read something you're not enjoying. So I just yeah. was like, no, I'll just give it to somebody else who really wants to read it. So now I'm reading um, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore, uh, and I'm very excited to it. It's by Robin Sloan, and it sounds like this mysterious bookstore. And I'm like, oh, I love that. I want to go into a 24-hour bookstore so much. I hope there's one somewhere in the United States I'd love to visit. Uh, so I'm excited to start reading that. But not much else. Well, <laughs> on that note. Uh, that's, the, that's that, Carol Air yes. Voice, that's that. Um, <laughs> I don't know how special this 50th anniversary episode turned out to be, but I had a great time rewatching the Fright Night movies. <laughs> yeah. I, I, any excuse I to it. watch Fright Night. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Like, I, I love uh, going back and forth between, because it's like, it's not like an absolutely terrible remake of a no. film. Um, so, I, I, I had fun with books. So, I think it I think it was pretty solid choices for, because there's like so many choices we could have done. Oh, yeah, we went through so many. <laughs> we were like, what about this one? Like, um, I, I've had to sit through my bloody Valentine. That was the, that was the film my oh. sister and her now husband went and saw on their first date, and I was just like, "We're bringing great. everyone, bringing them all together. I'm down about it. Uh, one day, maybe." Um, I guess the big yeah. twist of that remake, like immediately, <laughs> <laughs> and then when it happened, I was like, "Oprah shrug." <laughs> I'm so glad you just clocked it right away. Oh my god, that makes me happy. But yeah. Well, I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope everyone's doing what you can for the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. St- staying safe if you go protest. Um, we'll be back in two weeks with more, yes. more fun times. Right, bye, everyone. Bye.